Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. From one of America's most vibrant cities, Homestead Miami Speedway is the home of NASCAR's championship weekend. Champs will be crowned across the sport's top three divisions. But before the sport's best go to work on the track, a lighthearted moment from today's media day. There's been a lot of speculation this week that this is the best championship for a group of drivers that we've had since the program started five years ago. I'd like to know what you guys think about the competition you're up against. It's the exact same four organizations that were here last year. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on whether Brad or Joey are better drivers. I'm not sure. <laughs> they both run into you a lot. Very close. <laughs> <laughs> Probably best I keep my mouth shut on this one. <laughs> oh, Joey Logano, going to let his driving do the Love talking it. on Sunday. Love How about it. that? Uh, welcome into NASCAR America, everybody, presented by Mobile One. Kara Lomano alongside Parker Kligerman, and we are with you for the next two hours. Full coverage from Miami, and after that, we're going to cap things off with a special one-hour edition of the Dale Jr. Download as well. Kyle Petty joins us from NBC Charlotte at Homestead Miami Speedway. Our trio of booth analysts, Steve Letarte, Jeff Burton, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be with us from atop the Peacock Pit Box. We're going to hear from them shortly. But let's start 41 miles from the racetrack in Miami Beach, where Championship Media Day wrapped up just a short time ago. Let's start with our reporters for an overview, beginning with Rutledge Wood and Kelly Stavist. Thanks, Carolyn. You know, the only thing we're missing here at the Miami Edition Hotel is, is you. Honestly, it's a great day. It's a beautiful place. I love a media day like this when we get to see these drivers relax. They've spent a lot of sure. time together this week, but they're all excited. And to me, that really builds everything up for Sunday in a perfect way. Well, it's been a really busy week for them. They've made a lot of appearances, including the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. They were on the Today Show today. And then we had them at a press conference that you and I just hosted. And I just love how we get all four of them together kind of head-to-head to, head to kind of start taking some jabs at each other, but really just building the excitement for the weekend. I think the fun thing, too, is you get to see the media ask questions, and they're trying to sort of get these guys to talk a little bit, maybe a little trash talk, but they're all so composed, and there's definitely a great feeling of sort of a, a mutual admiration sure. society. All these drivers know how hard the teams and the team members have worked. Certainly, a, a lot of people are thinking about, you know, the 78 team. Can they really get it together and have that perfect way to end the year and they might right i think that's what makes it so special well and the numbers that these four have put up are certainly impressive so they've all been here done that this is going to be a great race on sunday and it's such a big event that we had to put all hands on deck so we brought out the rest of the crew marty snyder i'll throw it over to you 
Well, Kelly, you and Rutt did a fantastic job hosting. I thought they did a, a fine job, guys. Job, Obviously, question. Marty Snyder, uh, Dave Burns, Nate Ryan joining you here. And uh, so I, I want to just get your overall impressions of the press conference and kind of how this championship week has kicked off. The big three and me. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the funniest part. Joey, he's yeah. so like on the end with the big three, but he made some fun with that and uh, kind of had a good time with that. And I guess stats-wise, it, it kind of is true, but he said that he hoped that uh, he was going to be a, a bigger part of that and, and has been recently, so their speed is back up. But, no, I mean, overall, it was it was rather subdued. There were some fun moments. I felt like Kyle Busch maybe was looking for more fun moments that he could have, um, but I think it sets the stage for they're all such great competitors, and I think they know yeah. that, and they're all so good right now. I think that's kind of maybe in the back of their mind, and maybe they don't want to push too much. So he kind of played this humble role of, oh, it's the big three and me, as Dave pointed out, Nate. But I, I, there's really not been any head games. I mean, Joey kind of, you know, threw out that first little bit last weekend at Phoenix saying, I'm the favorite of the championship four. Right. But since then, there's really been no head games. Why? Well, the instigator doesn't want to play. And the instigator, of course, is Kevin Harvick. He is the guy who always plays head games at these types of events. And he seems to be all business. He seems to be all about, as he says, just controlling my message. I'm not interested in interacting with others. And, you know, to Dave's point, there were a couple of lighthearted moments. I thought Kyle Busch has been a little bit of the jokester this week, but mm -hmm. we aren't really seeing that from Kevin Harvick. And can you blame him? I mean, all these guys have done this before, so I don't know if head games would really work or be very effective. All right, Carolyn, plenty more to come from all of us. All four championship drivers right here on this stage, as well as all four Xfinity drivers trying to win the championship in that series. Marty, thank you. Parker, surprised at the lack of games heading into the weekend? A little bit, you know, but I think when you look at these four, they've all been here before. They've all done this multiple times, and so they feel like, I think, they understand what the pressure is, what this week is like, what this weekend is going to be like, and therefore it kind of makes them a little calmer. I think when we see first-timers in the championship four, that's when they come in trying to use those mental games or throw jabs and try to get in each other's head. These four have all done this before. Kyle, does Joey Logano have to be the butt of those jokes and kind of suck it up as the driver up there that hasn't won the championship yet? You know, I, I don't think so because he's the only guy that drove his way into this playoffs. Everybody else could point their way in, basically, and we saw everybody else almost point their way in. Um, so, you know, I, I, th I think what, what we're seeing with, with these guys is you've got Truex and Harvick and Bush. These guys have been going at it, whether it's mind games, whether it's on a racetrack, doesn't make any difference. Since Daytona, 35 races, these guys have thrown down the gauntlet for each other, and the other guy would pick it up, and then somebody else would throw it down. Joey's the newcomer, so he's the easiest one uh, to pick on, and, and the weak link, if you want to call it that. But at the same time, I don't think they'd look at Joey that way, especially after what he did at Martinsville. They know he's willing to do whatever it takes to win a championship. There's a, they're a little bit leery of him, I believe. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, let's head to the place where history is going to be made this weekend. Homestead, Miami Speedway, Steve Letart, Jeff Burton, Dale Earnhardt Jr., all standing by. Steve? Yeah, Carolyn, this is where it's all going to go down. We're out here at Homestead, Miami Speedway on the Peacock pit box. So, guys... We've talked about what these drivers have done all week. We have three champions. Joey Logano looking to be a champion. The question I have is what should we expect tomorrow when the cars finally hit the racetrack, the talking stops? Yeah, I think that's really the unknown right now is who's going to have speed and practice, whose cars, who is going to be the happiest as they roll off the truck and onto the racetrack. And we've seen the four car in the 18 be pretty strong everywhere they go, but we've seen a little bit of drop off in performance in the 78 team of Martin Tricks Jr. So I think we'll be paying attention to that tomorrow. Joe Logano seems to be coming on strong over the last several months. So it'll uh, be interesting to see what kind of spree they brought to this racetrack. But I think right now uh, the two guys that are in the most comfortable shape are the 18 of Kyle Busch and the four of Harvick. Yeah, I believe that when we unload, 
speed matters. And that, that builds confidence throughout the whole weekend. It makes your decisions easier. Uh, when you unload and you're 18th fastest, it makes it way, way more difficult to make decisions. You know, when you're trying to gain a little bit of speed, it's a much easier decision. When you're trying to gain three tenths, it's much more difficult. So I think how they unload is going to be huge. Uh, I know it's just, you know, everybody's going to work on qualifying tomorrow. Probably no one will work on race setup. But still, you want to qualify well. You don't want to start at the back. And we all know. I mean, we, we, we've all been part of this. Rarely in today's time does a car that qualifies poorly, doesn't have speed. I'm not talking about, you know, got penalized or something like that, but doesn't have speed all of a sudden just flies to the front on Sundays. Speed is speed, and that counts in qualifying as well. Well, I know as a crew chief, the worst night of the week was Thursday night, uh, the unknown. You know, once the car was on the racetrack, it seemed to be a great distraction. Good or bad, you knew what you had to work on. Thursday night was always the sleepless night for the crew chief. From the driver's standpoint, is it worse at the start of the weekend? Is it worse leading up to the race? What's the worst time for a driver when it comes to nerves? So I think this weekend is different than normal because this is it. I mean, this is the last weekend. So I think that, that it's you're more nervous about tonight because tonight you don't know you're going to have an idea after some after tonight what you got so tomorrow night so so, so i want to be able i want to unload tomorrow and be fast so if i can't do that i won't know that until tomorrow so tonight to me for this weekend is the most restless as far as knowing what my car can and cannot do yeah there's just so many emotional hurdles to go through they've been, they've had media all week uh and they don't you know like you say they don't know what kind of speed they got till they show up tomorrow for practice and that'll be this will be a long night thinking about, you know, what that car is going to drive like tomorrow. Then once they know that, know what they need to work on, you got to, you know, you get in the full court press and uh, work with your crew chief engineers trying to ma capitalize on everything you can, make your car as good as you possibly can. So I think that there's just a lot of emotional hurdles throughout the weekend. So, so Steve, what are you doing? You're a crew chief. <laughs> I mean, how are you? How are you? What are you but, doing with your driver? What's that interaction going until tomorrow? Well, so the week leading up is really a big distraction for the driver. He has the media obligation. As a, as a crew chief, I'm trying to keep it business as normal with my crew. Whatever we normally do on a Thursday night, whatever our normal travel plans are, just try to keep it business as usual. Understand it's not. Might even have a team meeting, let everybody know, guys, this is not a normal weekend. Let's not pretend it's going to be. The media coverage is going to be higher. There's only four of us in this championship. <laughs> so when you take the entire media and you split it up by four, Carolyn, it's gonna, the coverage is going to be outstanding. And I really think that's the point for these teams. Good thing for them. They've all been here before. Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, their fourth trip to the championship four. Joey Logano, Martin Trex Jr. making their third trip. So a lot of experience in this championship four. Absolutely, Steve. It's certainly going to help them. It's been such a busy week, Kyle and Parker. Trips to New York, so much media availability like Steve was just hitting on. For the driver, what is important to focus on now as they head to the weekend? Well, first of all, those three look very relaxed and like they've got a nice tan, so I'm glad they're down in Florida <laughs> right now early when we're up here in the snow in Connecticut. But, you know, one thing that really strikes me about this weekend, speaking to Todd Gordon, the crew chief for Joe Logano, he points something out to me I hadn't really thought about before, and that is, especially to, on Friday, you practice in the day, you qualify basically as night falls. And then the most important time of the race is nighttime, and you will never practice in that time. So I think there's a, a little bit of using your notebook, especially through the weekend, and really having to understand, all right, if my car feels like this in the daytime, what is it going to do at the nighttime when it matters? And I think that's what all these teams are asking themselves. And that makes just an, another element to this weekend that's so tough. But it goes back to the fact that you have four drivers that have been a part of this before. They have an idea, and that's only going to play in their favor. And I think that's some of the anticipation for this because it feels like they all know what they have to do, and therefore these are going to be the four fastest. Kyle, speed is the buzzword for the week, and we always talk about cars being fast, unloading, being really fast, and having a lot of speed. But at this particular racetrack, like Jeff just noted, I think we know – they're doing when it comes to tires right is it really going to come down to who is the fastest is going to win this championship 
I don't know. If we go by history, the answer is yes. Uh, if we go by the last, uh, if we can throw out 16 when Jimmy Johnson won the championship and that came down the restarts and stuff. But we have seen the fastest car there uh, win these races and we've seen the best car walk away with the championship. So, yeah, it's all about speed. And I think that's what Joey Logano ha has talked about. They've had two weeks to focus on nothing but Homestead Miami. We heard Adam Stevens yesterday say last year, when they won at Martinsville, it gave them two weeks to prepare the car the best that they could be prepared when they got to, to Homestead, Miami. So it is about speed. Just as we heard Jeff Burton just say, you're not going to qualify bad. You might start at the back because of a penalty, but you're not going to qualify at the back and suddenly find speed when they drop the green flag. Those guys better have speed tomorrow when they hit the racetrack the first time. And with that, we have plenty ahead on this two-hour championship edition of NASCAR America. There's so much to talk about. We're going to sit down with all four contenders for this year's Monster Energy Cup Series championship. We are just three days away from crowning a champion. We're going to get their thoughts ahead of this year's finale at Miami. Are you getting amped for the Xfinity Series title on Saturday? We've got you covered there, too. We're going to hear from Christopher Bell and Cole Custer, Daniel Heimrich, Tyler Reddick on the show over the next two hours. Spotter Tony Hirschman has an opportunity to do something very special in Miami. Can he help drivers win all three titles this weekend? We're going to talk to him about that. He's going to join us a little later on. And Sunday's race will mark the end of the Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss era as a duo, but it could also be the final time that we see some of NASCAR's most prominent names in the car. What lies ahead for some of those drivers in 2019? All that and more when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back Sunday night, right after the race. All eyes on the battle for NFC North supremacy. Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings taking on Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. That's Football Night in America, 7 Eastern, kickoff at 8.20 Sunday night, only on NBC. It's an all-out media blitz for the championship four in Miami. Things kicking off with an appearance on the Today Show, where the guys got to hang out with Kathy Lee Gifford and Chanel Jones. That's always a fun morning. All four contenders, including Martin Truex Jr., taking it all in. They even got fed, wow. I believe, as well, nice. which is always nice. In I the don't think that's on this show. You get a meal in the morning. A little later, the defending champ spoke with Kelly Stavis. Martin Truex Jr. in the championship four for the third time in the last four years. And Martin, something that kind of dawned on me that's unique to NASCAR is that you're going up against these three guys. You've basically spent the entire week with them doing media appearances, tonight show, <laughs> today show. What's it like getting all this one-on-one -on -one time with the guys that you got to go duke it out with on Sunday? Yeah, thanks NASCAR for, uh, <laughs> for that. You know, they send us all over the place together. They put us on a plane and ship us to New York. And they're like, hey, everybody get along, have fun together, you know? Um, it's it's kind of awkward. I'm not sure. gonna lie. It's a little bit it's a little bit odd. Good. Well, it gives you plenty of time to, to size up the competition. Um, and we know the four of you is uh, the numbers are incredible. What the four of you have done this season, uh, but is this the most evenly matched? Do you feel the competition is into the the championship four race? You know, I would say that it's it's the first time that I've been in where I feel like any one of the four could really put it put together the kind of day it takes to win it. Their teams have been in this situation before. We've all been to the Final Four. Um, we've all won races this season. We've all performed well in the playoffs and, and showed the speed lately to be able to win races. So yeah, I mean it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a nail biter. 
and it comes down to one race on a mile and a half track. Mile and a half tracks have really been the bread and butter of your team over the years, but this year, just one win on a mile and a half track. Um, is that concerning at all? Not really, because this is a different mile and a half than the rest of them. You know, I don't, I don't think it's concerning. And, and you know, we certainly have performed well enough to win a few more of those races. It's it's just been one of those seasons. You know, a lot of peaks and valleys for us. You know, a lot of tough luck. Um, a lot of a lot of times where we probably should have won, we didn't. And you know, that's just racing. You'll have seasons like that where things don't seem to go your way. So I'm not worried at all. I feel good about where we're at, and uh, I, f I think we can go down here and get it done. All the talk about Furniture Row Racing closing their doors and, and your crew chief, Cole Pern, really talked about the emotion of seeing the hauler leave the shop for the last time. When do you think kind of the magnitude of that will, will hit you? Well, I think it already has. Yeah. You know, I just I think it's easier for me to deal with because I'm not out there with all those with all those guys in Denver. So for me, I guess it's a little bit different, you know, and I think it's been easier. Um, it's still going to be difficult and it's going to hit harder, I think, when the race is over. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited about just going down here, laying it all on the line and then just celebrating what we've done, not only this season, but the last five years together. You know, I think we're going to have a lot of fun Sunday night in Homestead, no matter what happens. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I mean, you know, this the, the last five years have been the time of my life. I've had more success than I've ever had. I've, I've reached goals and dreams that I had since I was a kid with this group. So just, uh, you know, thankful to, to have such a, a great, great bunch of guys and uh, looking forward to celebrating with them no matter what happens Sunday night. All right, finally, I just got to ask you, the last three drivers to successfully defend a NASCAR championship at this level, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, what would it mean to <laughs> add your name to that group? Uh, it's, it doesn't even sound like it's a real possibility, and you know, and just the way I think about things, um, to be mentioned with those names about anything is just incredible. You know, guys I idolized, and Dale Earnhardt was my guy. He was my driver growing up, and there was even a period in there where Jeff Gordon was one of them. So. Uh, you know, those are legends of the sport. They're some of the greatest of all time, and, and to be able to do something they did would be uh, would be nothing short of incredible for me. Well, we look forward to seeing you out there on Sunday, Martin. <laughs> thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You know, Kyle, the playoffs are so busy. This week is so busy. But now, as the finish line is in sight, it's here this weekend, and you get the sense that Martin Truex Jr. and the 78 team are really starting to realize what the end means this year. Yeah, I, 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 you do. And I think we've seen it in these guys over the last four or five races, things they've done at the racetrack, the way they do interviews, the way they talk about it. They know their run at Furniture Row is coming to an end, and there'll be a padlock on that door. that They won't be allowed to go back in and work on race cars. Three things I took from that interview. Number one, when I looked at it, he said any one of these four could put together a day. And this is the first time that he's been to the final these four guys at, at Homestead Miami, the first time he's been up against a group where he felt that way. That's a strong statement. That's a strong statement from a guy who won the championship last year. I also found it funny that last year going into Homestead, we talked about, well, you know, this is a mile and a half racetrack, but it's not like any other mile and a half racetrack. Can Martin Truex do good here? And now Martin's saying, this is not like any other mile and a half racetrack, but you know what? He's won a race there. He knows how to get around that place. So that, that bodes well for him. The other thing, that I look at this team as that intangible, that intangible that we can't see with the naked eye. What do they feel in their heart? What do they feel in their heart for Furniture Row, for Barney Visser, for a past championship last year defending that championship? We can't, we can't define that. We can look at stats. We can look at everything. 
But this team has an intangible that we can't see, and it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. Kyle, I, I think the first comment he made, though, he said it was awkward having to fly over that one. Should we treat this more like, you know, prize fighting and separate all four <laughs> of them throughout the entire week until we put them on stage together there? You know, that would be fun. That would, <laughs> that would, that would be more fun. You got to uh, keep the rivalries you know, up a little you bit. Jo- you joke, but... I'm, jo- I'm playing no, in jest, no, but no, it but is but a seriousness is, to it. Yeah, there is a seriousness to it where these are four relentless competitors who statistically are the most competitive group that we've ever had in this format, Parker, and yet yeah. they've been hanging out like buddies this whole week. I know. It's odd, and I, I've actually been in situations where you've gone to do some sort of appearance, and it's someone that you just ran into the last week, and it's awkward. It's just you're forced to almost you know, be more cordial to each other than you want to be. You know, one other thing that sticks out to me about the 78 team is obviously uh, we know they're shutting down after this weekend, and we saw this team kind of corral together to send off the car this past mm-hmm. Tuesday to head to Miami, and I think you see a lot of the team uh, – hugging each other here's a great video of this hugging each other saying goodbye for the final time you know it's really coming to home that it's going to be over after this past weekend and all that they've accomplished from out there in Denver when so many people said this couldn't be done I think this is a very similar moment in the sport to see that hauler head off for the last time but you know one other thing is when you look at last year's race in that last run the 18 car was probably faster than the 78 Martin Truex Jr. and so I have to think in the back of their minds for Martin for Cole Pern how do we get better? How do we make sure that last run, when it becomes nighttime at Miami, how do we make sure we're the best car? Because I think if they want to win this championship, they're going to have to find that little extra more than they had this last time they won a championship. A fact that was certainly on the minds of the 18 team. They yes. said as much of Media Day. Uh, coming up, Xfinity Series Championship 4 driver Daniel Hemrick is still searching for his first series win. Could it come on the biggest stage of all? Hemrick shares his outlook for Miami when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. The Xfinity Series Championship 4 met with the press today on Miami Beach. At age 27, Daniel Hemrick is the oldest of the four contenders and the only one with experience in this title race. He spoke with Dave Burns earlier today. So, Carolyn, Daniel Hemrick, of course, the only one who's been there and done that before. But thinking of last year, Daniel, what things did you guys kind of walk away from, including getting your crew chief back this year, uh, that you can do better this year? I think... um just execution on this on how we attack practice and stuff i thought we did a, a good job of that but having your main guy back in the saddle that being danny stockman it's going to allow us to really uh, approach the weekend with a plan to execute the way we feel like we need to from from beginning to end and um you can always do things better we have a pretty substantial list of things we thought we could improve on coming here this this time around so the question of winning i know comes up to you in so many different ways from media to people in restaurants saying Come on, Daniel, rooting for you, whatever. Do you use that as a motivator, or is it something you kind of try to black out a little bit and not let it bother you? I think early on when the talk was kind of around me, it was like, stop talking about it. I don't want to hear about it. But then it became so much of like kind of embrace it. You know, I've tried to take in the amount of people that are pulling for us in this 21 team. So um, I look at it as an embrace opportunity and um, know that when the time does come that we'll have a ton of people on our side when it matters the most. 
this will be the second championship run for your wife, Kenzie, as well. I know she was a great racer. Uh, how is she as a racer's wife, championship time? I, I feel like uh, it's probably the best our relationship is is championship time because okay. she, she understands the pressures of it. She sees kind of the scheduling and the way things are and how you got to navigate over the course of the playoffs. And uh, she's been a, a huge motivating factor, not only for me on this 21 team, but everyone at the racetrack, at the shop. You know, she gives everybody pats on the back. Everybody by this point of the year is dragging in some way, form, or fashion. So she does a good job of keeping everybody's spirits up and um, obviously keeping my head where I need to be and hopefully give this South Point team an opportunity to run for a championship. Daniel, uh, it was announced earlier this year that you'd be moving on to the Cup Series. Has that been a distraction for you, or is it just something that you really haven't even addressed yet with this championship coming through? Honestly, it's been everything but an extraction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's uh, something that has uh, allowed me to know I know what my plans are. It's given me a bit of a bit of uh, comfort knowing that I go out here and lay it all on the line one last time with this group and know that uh, they've had my back now for two years you know, on the Xfinity side at Richard Childress Racing, and I look forward to having a shot to go out on top of these guys. Can you imagine going out on top, getting your first win, and winning the championship on Saturday? Um, you can imagine all you want, but the good <laughs> thing is we actually get a shot to do it. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, you have a celebration that we know about. We haven't gotten to see yet in the National Series. And I'm wondering about a crew member, Special Greg, who maybe did a few flips in his time as well. He's been, has he been an inspiration just in case uh, you happen to win on Saturday? Yeah, Special Greg has done many, uh, many flips in his day. Um, obviously being you know related to Pastrana and uh, that guy's got some stories that we've heard through a couple rain delays this year that are just mind-blowing so uh, if he might knows how to party before and after the race uh, especially after championship party he's the guy Molino. Now Carolyn we sure hope it works out for Daniel Hemrick this year his last shot at the uh, Xfinity Series championship before he moves on. Daniel Hemrick talking about Greg Powell there who's one of our pit crew all-stars for this season. Daniel Hemrick seems like he's in a really good place mentally to go out and try to get this championship. Well he should be because last year when he was there even though he didn't have his crew chief Danny Stockman he was incredibly fast at the beginning of that race had a mechanical failure that took him out of it and that 21 team is insanely consistent this season. It's remarkable what they've been able to pull off in the consistency category but this is where I want to bring our buddy Kyle Petty in here because he and I have been saying this for about 10 weeks now. Kyle he has to win. This might be the week he finally gets that first win. Yeah. Because we've been saying me, it all year. We have been saying it all year. Listen, he's been my pick in every one of these Xfinity playoff races because I need Daniel Hemrick to win a race. I'm a huge fan. I, I think he has improved by leaps and bounds this year. But two years in a row, he's gotten to the Final Four without a win in a series and in a, in a, in a type of racing NASCAR where win and you're in – Asterisk, Daniel Hemrick, it, it, <laughs> he's got to win a race. And it's going to be incredibly tough to win a race and a championship, to win your first race and the championship uh, at the biggest race on the biggest stage that is in the Xfinity Series. Uh, but if anybody can do it, for all the reasons that Parker just said, the speed, the consistency, what that team's had and what they've built for two years, this may be their day. This is the time to do it because, as Henrik mentioned, he's going to drive the 31 car for Richard Childress Racing next year in the Cup Gotta Series and done. replace Ryan Newman, so you might as well check it off the list in the last race of the year, the one that means the most. Coming up next, we are going to turn our attention back to the Cup Series Championship for NASCAR's Big Three getting the most of the attention, but could Joey Logano's pit crew help him win the title on Sunday? We'll head back to the track with Jeff Stevendale when we come back. Stay with us.
Welcome back. Notre Dame's push for the college football playoff continues with a top 15 showdown in the Bronx. The undefeated Irish taking on the Syracuse Orange at Yankee Stadium. Syracuse Notre Dame that's Saturday 2.30 Eastern over on NBC. So here's how Joey Logano earned a spot in the championship four. You may recall at Martinsville three weeks ago moved Martin Truex Jr. out of the way on the final lap ended up taking the checkered flag. It's Logano's third appearance in the championship four and a little earlier today he spent some time with Nate Ryan. Joey, you said a couple of times during the first interview today, the big three in me. First of all, nice rhyme. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Second of all, I, I think that Came means up with that, that all by myself. It was well done. Uh, <laughs> maybe that means you, your team doesn't always get the credit it's due. But I think one area where you guys do get a lot of credit is the pit crew, and especially since you made some changes during the playoffs. Going into a race where a caution flag can often determine the outcome, do you mm -hmm. feel as if you match up well against the other contenders because of your pit crew? I hope the caution comes out. I, I have that much confidence in, in our race team right now uh, they're they're so strong not just you know we talked a lot about our pit crew but it's not just that right there's so much that goes in behind the scenes of, of building a good pit crew for one but also our road crew the everyone at the shop we've been working really hard I know that sounds so cliche it's a team but it really is it just everyone has to be firing all eight when you get down here for a championship weekend it seems like your team has learned some things three months ago you were asked what makes Kyle Busch Kevin Harvick so fast and at the time you said I know why their cars are fast but I don't know what they're doing to them so three months later in the playoffs you've got best average finished most top tens have you guys found essentially what those other cars are doing to be so fast yeah you know I mean, you, you said it's the, it's the big three in me they've they've got so much stats that they've been able to rack up and wins and stage points and all that throughout the first half of the year um, and and I said you know like you said 15 20 races ago we were not in position to win a championship. We didn't have the playoff points that they had. Um, we had to fight from behind the eight ball a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the last 15 weeks or so, or 10 weeks in particular, the amount of points we've been able to score, I feel like now, you know, it might be the big three, but I like me. I like where <laughs> we're at. I, I like where our, our situation that that we're, we're different than them. Sure. Um, but we've been able to perform like no other the last 10 weeks. Well, you've been in this situation before. Third trip to the championship four. And at 28, you're the youngest championship contender this year. But it's your 10th season in cup. To win that first championship, if it were to happen, what would that mean to you to fulfill <laughs> that potential that we've been talking about you for a decade? Now? Yeah, it's, it's such a hard question to answer. What, is it, what does it mean? I'll let you know Sunday night, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, you just don't know. I guess you don't know how it's going to feel, but I know this is something I've worked for my whole life um, is to, to win a, a NASCAR championship and um, and racing is the best of the best. And I can't ask for a better situation to be in because there's three of the best in this, this championship four with me. And uh, so it's an honor to be a part of it for one. Um, but to be able to beat them is going to mean so much. And uh, and like I said, I feel like we can do it. I honestly feel inside that there's no reason why we can't. We've been here. This will be our third time giving it a shot. Um, yeah, we want to be able to get that done. So I, I want to hoist that trophy up. I want to, you know, know that feeling's like to to not just be a race winner, but to be a champion in, in a sport. That's you know, only one of us gets to do that a year. Right. <laughs> you know, so right. it doesn't happen very often. And uh, you know, hopefully this is the week to do it because I know what second feels like. And uh, it stings, <laughs> and then you go to the banquet, and it stings even more. Right. Uh, and, and I don't really want to have that feeling again, so I'll use that as for motivation. All right, well, we'll find out Sunday if the third time is the charm for Joe Logano winning his first championship. 
Hey, thank you. And as we go back to our race analysts for more on who has the advantage on pit road, Jeff Burton, I feel like you've been highlighting this aspect of Joey Logano's team for weeks now. Yeah, I mean, they, they've just been on fire since Darlington, really, I think. At Darlington, they, they started, all of Penske started having really good pit stops, and that's made them uh, that much better of a race team. On top of that, the team's been finding speed. I still don't know that they have the speed that Kevin Harvick and, and Kyle Busch and Martin Truex have, but I think they've closed that gap. But in, in my world, what this race is about, we've seen it every year. We've seen late race restarts. We've seen late race cautions. That's what's always seemed to happen. You get yourself the right track position. Any one of these guys has the skill, the talent, the ability to win the race. Question is, who has the track position and who has a fast enough to car to, to finish off that track position? And I think that pit crew could give Joy Logano that track position. Well, you mentioned pit crew, and I know you're, you're big on the 22 pit crew, but I actually feel the 18 of Kyle Busch has the best pit crew. I think year long they have been there, number one. Perhaps been beat a couple times by the 22 as of late, but I think this this group knows how to do it. When you look at the numbers, you look at four tire pit stops, yellow flag, it's pretty easy to compare. They're number one for the season when it comes to just average time. I think they're consistent. While they may not win the race off pit road every time, I just don't think they're gonna have that mistake, Dale. And I almost look at the race the opposite. When it comes to track position, you have to have it, but you also can't give it up. This racetrack is very difficult. It's wide, but it almost becomes one groove around the top. So that's where you need your pick crew just not to eliminate your chances. Yeah, throughout the playoffs with SHR having four cars trying to compete all the way through Phoenix, those teams weren't really able to make any adjustments like some of the other teams in the garage have and, and, and will. But now that it's just Kevin Harvick, they have made a tire cha or a change on the tire changer on that car. That should be a seamless change, and that may change the complexity and the look and competitiveness of that team on pit road, and hopefully for the better for those guys in Rodney Childers. Well, you talk about cohesion, and we talk about groups. There was a change at the 22 in the Jackman position, but the other four crew members have done this. They have done this specific thing. They have been in Miami. They have raced for a championship. They understand the pressure, but they have that continuity. In today's world of pit stops, with only five crew members, uncontrolled tires so many panels it's more choreography than we've ever seen i think that lends itself to working together being a bigger advantage pit stops are harder today than they've ever been in my opinion and, I, and it wouldn't surprise me to see a team make a mistake pit road penalties have been common this year we've seen a lot of mistakes uh and the pressure only makes that more difficult so i do think teams being together and that experience of coming here you can't replace that experience of feeling the pressure of going into a championship battle and understanding what waking up on Sunday morning feels like when you have a chance to win a championship. Unless you felt it, you have no idea what it's like. And I think it's important for the drivers, the crew chiefs, the pit crew guys, and especially the pit crew guys, because they're like the special teams in football. Yeah. They sit on the sideline and they yeah. wait and they wait and they wait. And then they come in and they have to boom, they have to bang it off like that. And that's much more difficult, in my opinion, than a driver. And a driver, you can work yourself into a rhythm and you can kind of forget about the big picture because all the little goals of making this lap time come into play. But for a pit crew, they're just waiting for the car to come down pit road, and they could be waiting 40 minutes before they come down pit road. They can wait, but one thing they can do, much like a kicker in a football game, they can take the pressure off the rest of the team, especially off the driver and the crew chief. As a crew chief sitting on top of the pit box, if, if I was looking for a yellow to adjust my car, and I have confidence that I'm going to at least hold server, gain spots, that just takes the pressure off. Maybe we need to make a bigger adjustment. Dale, as a driver, it's going to take a little pressure off thinking you have to get every inch on pit road to know that you should perhaps gain when you come down here on pit lane. Yeah, these guys, you know, practice that pit road speed throughout the weekend to try to understand how they can maximize their pit road speed and get every advantage they can, not only in the pit box, but traveling down pit road, getting on to pit road, exiting pit road. 
they'll look at all kinds of data to try to put themselves in the best position they can to to have the best pit roads uh you know the best experience on pit road throughout the race so it's um I, I think sometimes though that you mentioned the pressure like this is the most pressure that the teams are ever going to feel uh this is unlike the pressure of a regular pit stop throughout the season this will there will be a time in this race when it comes down to a pit stop who's going to win off pit road it'll happen in this race so the pit crew guys are going to earn their money at that point point. and unlike in most sports every pit crew member touches a ball it's like having five closers in the closing inning of the game seven for the world series yep. if any of them make a mistake it can cost their team a championship but when we talk about championships it's just not the cup level we have trucks xfinity and cup and after the break we will hear from last week's winner christopher bell he won phoenix to get a seat at the table at miami we'll hear what he has to say about his championship hopes next Christopher Bell came into this race having to win this race. Started in 38, battled through traffic, got a little roughed up while he was fighting for positions, but now he wins at Phoenix. He will be in the championship four. Pickery did an outstanding job. Jason kept making this thing better and better, but we're going to Homestead, baby. That they are facing a must-win situation. Christopher Bell came through last week in Phoenix, and now he is focused on winning the Xfinity Series title Saturday in Miami. Marty Snyder spoke with Bell earlier today. Well, Carolyn, off the big win at Phoenix, Christopher Bell certainly comes into Miami with a little bit of momentum. And, and this is a racetrack, Christopher, that everybody seems to want to run the top. From your dirt background, kind of one of your fortes. So does that give you an advantage at this racetrack? Uh, that's a good question. Um, Normally, I would say yes, but for whatever reason, Homestead has not really been my strongest racetrack in the past. Hmm. Uh, I've run a lot of races here. I think I've run three truck races and um, part of an Xfinity race last year, and, and I actually have a couple tests here as well. So I yeah. uh, got a lot of laps here, but for some reason, it just hasn't really clicked with me this place yet. So um, hopefully it does this weekend. You told me 200 laps. I can't run 200 laps by the wall. Why is that? Well, Homestead is extremely slick, and up by the t up by the wall, it's it's a little bit rough. It's not super rough, but there's a couple bumps there. So, um, just the precision that it takes to run right next to the wall and carry speed there, it's very difficult. And I feel like I got a couple laps in me to do it, but yeah. I don't think I can do all 200 of them up there. It's so maybe a little more cautious race from you this weekend. I want to know about the experience of being in this championship four. You've done it on the truck side. You actually won the owner's championship last year on the Xfinity side. So does that experience help you? Because only Daniel Hamrick has that experience in a championship four. I think so. I think the biggest advantage that I have after being in the championship four for the last two years in the truck series is just what it's all about, right? I've gone to Homestead and raced for a championship. So, you know, I, I understand how that championship Saturday is going to go. And, and, you know, especially after being in it the first year and not really being the best truck in that race, yeah. uh, you know, I made it to the end and I still had a shot to win. So if we get in the situation where I'm not the fastest car, um, you know, there's still a chance, right? You never know if there's going to be a late race restart where you can pull some magic out of a hat or something like that. So uh, I definitely have a little bit of experience there, which I'm really thankful for. And um, hopefully that'll play a little bit of an advantage to my yeah, last week at Phoenix, you came from the back, obviously won the race. So when you think about that and think about this weekend at Miami, what's one thing that worries you about the race playing out? 
Uh, I guess the the biggest the biggest factor that I'm worried about is how good the double zero was last year. Hmm. And I think if you ask the other competitors, they're going to say the same thing. That was a dominating race by by Cole Custer, and and I don't think we've seen a, uh, any any NASCAR race be dominated like that in a very long time. Right. So um, I think that's on all of our minds. All right. Well, he's hoping he can beat Cole Custer and everyone else in the championship. For if he does, maybe two wins in a row and a championship for Christopher Bell. Marty, thank you. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Aside well, from having the fear of Cole Custer in the back of his mind <laughs> heading into the weekend. I don't think it's the only one he's fearing. But the, the funny thing to me was him mentioning the testing he's done there and such. I know there was a test there back in August that many of the XFINI guys got to do. He was one of them. I don't think they left that test feeling like they had the fastest car at that test. And he mentioned running up next to the wall and the precision needed to run up next to the wall. And you'd think that's right in his wheelhouse. Christopher Bell coming from the dirt world would love that. But there is a uniqueness to how you run at Homestead Miami up next to that wall and how actually straight you drive the car next to the wall. There's one thing I will say that's probably playing in his favor. Although he says he's probably going to be cautious from the wall, this is a little inside baseball, but we have gone to that composite body in the Xfinity Series, and we've seen it be incredibly tough. So I think, as though we saw guys in the past having to be more cautious with that wall, I think this Xfinity Series race on Saturday, we can see those drivers getting very aggressive with the wall because the body now being composite can take it, and they can get away without damaging the car. I like the inside forecasting, Kyle. I think the NASCAR America audience can take it. Oh, yeah, I think they, it's they got a, it. I think it's an observation what say you yes I, I, I do too and and it is great information and and only you only get it here on NASCAR America from Parker Kligerman just <laughs> remember that people Appreciate okay it. but but I, I will say this I mean it was interesting that he brings up the double zero and brings up Cole Custard obviously um Cole Custard uh is the Kyle Larson of the Xfinity series everybody every year talk ever every year talks about if Kyle Larson makes it to Homestead He's got a championship in his pocket. He's got it. And they've been saying that about Cole Custer since we left there last year. It was a dominant performance. Here's what I like about uh, Christopher Bell, though. He talks about how rough it is up next to the wall. He talks about, I can't do it for 200 laps. He's already thinking about it. Last week at Phoenix, he drove one of the smartest races that I've seen any driver in any series drive in a long time. Started at the back, was methodical, didn't force the issue, Took his chances when he could take them. Outside, inside, didn't make any difference. Counted on his pit crew to make up spots for him on pit road. An incredibly intelligent drive. And I think that's what it's going to take when we get to Homestead, Miami, with this Xfinity Series. You've got guys who are going to go out there and put it all on the line. And you've got guys who have gonna, are going to have fast cars, like Christopher Bell, I believe, who are going to have to think about it and put themselves in the right position. I think he's headed into this race with the right mindset. At 23 years old, he is certainly a big star of the sport in years to come. He's certainly been one of the favorites all year to win the Xfinity title, but the question that you guys brought up is the one that we're going to address after the break. Given Cole Custer's history at Miami, is he the man to beat on Saturday? We'll hear from Cole when we come back. From Illumination, the creators of Despicable Me and The Secret Life of Pets, comes a unique reimagining of the beloved tale, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, now playing. I cannot wait to see that. And oh, to be at the bright and sunny Florida coast, Miami Beach, media day in full swing ahead of NASCAR Championship Weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway today. Cole Custer claimed his first Xfinity Series win there in last year's finale. He is back with a chance to win the title. Kelly Stavis spoke with him earlier. 
Cole Custer was the first of the Xfinity Series drivers to get locked into the championship four. That came after your win at Texas. So, Cole, did that, did that extra time give you a little, little bit of a leg up, or is it just more time to kind of think about what lies ahead? Uh, I don't know if it really gave us a leg up. It was a lot less stress going into Phoenix, that sure. was for sure. But, I mean, it, uh, going into this weekend, I don't know if that really uh, gives you a leg up, but it it makes you focus, I guess, more on the race. All right, so it's your first time in the championship four, and certainly with this scenario, there comes a lot of pressure, a lot of tension. What's a, a moment um, or experience from your past that, that has helped prepare you for this moment? Uh, I think it's just everything combined, really. I think you just learn the mindset that you have to be in. I don't know. I don't think I've ever really raced for a championship before, <laughs> honestly, but uh, I think I know going into the weekend what I want to look for in my plan. I, I'm pretty confident in my plan going into the weekend, so... Uh, I, that's all I can really rely on. Well, how much of that confidence comes from the fact that your last win came on a mile and a half track, and of course, the race here last year, you you dominated. Does that help kind of give you that sense of confidence for Sunday, Saturday? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's kind of been the, the question, I think, going in for me the whole weekend is, you know, we won, we were so fast last year, is that going to happen this year? It's just, uh, you can't really think about it that way. I think it gives you more confidence that you have good notes, and I think you still got to do your homework and stuff like that. I think doing what you did last year, it's not always going to work. So you got to be prepared for what's going to happen this year. Okay. So you say you've never really raced for a championship and now you have that opportunity to do it just a couple of days. How much have you thought about what it would mean to you and what it would be like to have champion on your resume? It would be pretty special. I think the biggest reason is just because I know how hard our team has worked ever since we started, you know, last year. It's just uh, how hard they've all worked and been behind me and trying to grow, grow our team one step at a time. It would mean a lot for us to really cap it off with a championship and uh, accomplish everything that we wanted to. All right. They got the win here a year ago, win this season. And really, this team has been the model of consistency. We'll see how it plays out for Cole Custer and the double zero on Saturday. Well, the sun is set. The lights have come on here at Homestead Miami Speedway, and that's what it's going to heat up in the next three days. All three races running into the evening. So he dominated this race last year. Christopher Bell early on the show said he's worried about the double zero. He won at Texas. Is Cole Custer the favorite? I think he's a favorite from last year, yes. But the, the concern I have with Cole Custer is he just said a no championship experience whatsoever. Christopher Bell, he's been in many championship battles. Daniel Hemrick, he was here last year. So I think from an experience standpoint, I think that hurts him. But if your car is as fast as it was last year, it doesn't matter because <laughs> he would just drive away from everybody. But that's going to be hard to do. Yeah, I think that they you know, really lean on the, the support that they have from Joe Gibbs Racing and Stuart Haas Racing to, to help these guys as they get further into the playoffs. They're going to get more aggressive with their race cars and the setups in their race cars. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I don't know that um, Custer's the favorite for me. I think that Christopher Bell is going to probably have the best speed. I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised if, if Custer is faster than him in practice and in the race. But, um, you know, I think that those two guys, Hemrick broke last year, so it's hard to really know exactly what kind of driver he is compared, you know, combined with this racetrack, like exactly what kind of race he's going to have. It's hard for me to see that uh, and predict. But uh, Custer and Bell, the guys I think will be running up front. Well, this is a track that you and I were never able to win at, but it was a track as a crew chief. I felt I could, I could help kind of manage the race. I used to be very vocal with you. Listen, we're fast. Give me a foot off the wall, yeah. two feet off the wall. But these younger drivers, you mentioned teams. Well, Joe Gibbs Racing, Stuart Haas Racing, RCR, and Junior Motorsports, Tyler Reddick, the young driver in the nine. I mean, he's a dirt guy, and when he runs the top, it concerns me because it's on edge, but he knows how to make lap time up. There. He runs the top great, and I watched him at Kansas, and, and he found great speed. He knows what he needs to do when he runs that line to maximize his speed up there. I think the inexperience that he had is probably the only concern there. 
is can he do it all night long? And particularly at this racetrack, it's, it's way, way down on grip. And so when you get behind another car that's also running that line, you have to change everything about how you use the throttle and how far you carry the car in there, what you really can ask of the car. And that's when guys get into the fence and get in trouble is by getting in that dirty air and not really dialing out enough of the throttle and speeding your car to, 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 to handle that kind of a grip loss when, that, when you find that dirty air. So that'll be interesting to see if, if Reddick can adjust to that. But Parker brings up a great point with the composite body. Yeah, these cars can take a few licks in that fence it'll start affecting the car over time uh, especially if those if those are hard hits if they catch the right front not knock the toe or anything out uh, it could be tough and i know it sounds silly but i, I think tyler reddick if i'm a competitor he's the one i don't want to see in my mirror because i feel his inexperience may be almost a benefit where he's going to take it to the he may go past the edge but until he hits something he will probably be closing on your bumper putting the pressure on you to see if you can make a mistake or not if he makes it to the end of the race with a, with a chance to win the race, you better watch out for this guy because he drives aggressively already. His, you know, everybody has a limit at which they're willing to go to. His is high. So if you lay a championship out in front of him, then he's going to go even further. So, yes, if he can get that far without having damage, have enough speed, yeah, he would be very dangerous. And I'll tell you another thing. You just mentioned it. Uh, if people don't realize about this track. You and I were just talking about it. When you catch race cars here, and oh, we man. saw the Xfinity race last year, the championship was part of it was decided because Elliot Sather could not find a way around a race car. Couldn't find a way around it. He made a move. It didn't work out. Ended up losing the championship. That's going to happen again because you're going to catch race cars. And how do you pass a guy when it's one groove at the top? And so you end up putting yourself in situations that you don't really, really want to be in. And I think that's when experience at this particular racetrack could really come into play yeah one of the things that kevin harvick does really well is he sort of he, he runs a little bit off that wall uh you see all those guys kyle bush uh tricks all those guys they don't always run that fence they always they might run a groove or a car length off the wall throughout the race just not to take that risk i don't see these these uh, rookie uh xfinity drivers or these <laughs> younger guys uh taking that risk out you know like you said i think reddick's gonna be charging from the green flag He's gonna, you know, he's gonna be getting to the fence. He's gonna expect that car to continue to take it all night long, and uh, and he is probably the biggest risk taker on the racetrack of these four guys. But much like the Cup Series, I don't see a standout favorite. I don't see an underdog. Any one of these four guys can win this race. Well, Jeff, you mentioned it. What these four are trying to do are become NASCAR stars. Names are made in the Xfinity Series. We're going to have a brand new champion. Whichever one of the four wins a championship, they're going to want to be like the guy we're going to hear from next, the 2015 Cup champion, Kyle Busch. If anyone knows how to win in the biggest moments, it seems to be this guy. He's done it his whole career. Welcome back. As a compliment to NBC's primary broadcast of the championship race at Miami, NASCAR Hot Pass is going to offer live coverage dedicated to each of the championship four drivers. Lee Diffie and Dale Jarrett will bring you that this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern right here on NBCSN. Meantime, Kyle Busch won the championship back in 2015, and he's been in the championship for every year since. No other driver can make that claim. He's won eight races this year, tied with Kevin Harvick for most on the circuit. And earlier, he spoke with Dave Burns. So it's familiar digs for Kyle Busch, fourth year in a row, that he is in the championship four situation like this. But this has been in a year like no other. You know, the eight wins just really start at Kyle. Does that give you a little more confidence and hope going into Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, 
I would, you know, if it were me, and it is me. So I'm going to take the extra motivation and um, and momentum that we even have from Phoenix being able to win last week and, and take those eight wins, and hopefully it, it gives us a op better opportunity for a championship. But in all reality, it's a whole nother race, and everything is on the line for this race with these four guys. So um, it's just a chance that, that we have to go. You know, you got to be in it to win it. I took that momentum question to Adam after the race, and he's a big believer, so you are too. Uh, yeah, I mean a little bit. I mean, obviously Phoenix being a way different racetrack than than um, than Homestead, but also you know it, it's hard to win in this sport back-to-back -back weeks. You know, yeah. but we've done three in a row, and we've been good before. We've been fast at Homestead. It's a good track for us. So I think that um, you know this is a good time to be hot in the year. Everybody was kind of wondering where's the 18. They haven't won in a while. We haven't won since Richmond, the second playoff <laughs> race or something like that. Well, bam, there it is. We won the second to last one too. So um, thinking about last year's race and how you look at it now, knowing what you know. Um, I think I talked to Adam about it this week and he said, yep, this year we're not going to be careful. We're going to go for it. No holds barred to the end. I thought, well, mm -hmm. that's kind of how you race it last year. But is there a different mindset like in that final stage this year? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Obviously, when we kind of saw the three of those guys pit and kind of threw us off, we, we should have jumped on that cycle and just been with them, been with that group of guys. We knew Larson wasn't going to be on that cycle, and I guess we were kind of racing for the win rather than, and we knew if we win the race, we win the championship, but there was a caution that flew that set us back behind our competition, and we weren't quite able to rebound well. So um, there's, there's those things that kind of creep up and come into your mind and just don't work out, and that's what happened. The fastest car doesn't always win, and I hate that because I knew we had a fast car last year. I wanted to follow up on something I read this week. Um, you didn't just drop weight this year. You gained fitness. How much has that helped you? Yeah, I mean, I... I lost weight last year, year before, and I've kind of plateaued, and I've been busting my butt and working out an hour every day and all this sort of stuff, and it's like, well, what? nothing else is happening. Like, I'm not going anywhere here, you know? And so I, I've been trying to work on a better fitness program with eating better and doing different things, more techniques and stuff like that, um, just to be in better shape, especially for the hotter races through the summer months. Yep. That Chicago race was a doozy. Um, so uh, not just with the last lap, but obviously throughout the race being as hot as it was, and it's not the, the earth isn't getting any cooler so you certainly got to be getting ready and um you know that that older in age is starting to creep up on me as well too so you got to be ready for all that so we we kind of said today's uh presser was a little bit tame but why did harvick make you feel the nascar uh officiating question um because he shies away from those things because he never wants to say the wrong thing and he knows I'll take anything head on. So sure. uh, he always passes the torch to me because he knows I, I like to run my mouth sometimes. So I've learned from his ways, though. I know what I know what he's doing where it's like, OK, you want to pass it on to me? Check. Got it. OK, be really, really good here, Kyle. Don't do anything <laughs> yeah. stupid. By the way, uh, the Coda Mundi picked you this week. So you're uh, aware of that, right? I did hear that, but I also yeah. heard she's got a bad streak. The zoo's got a bad streak. So. <laughs> yeah, the cheetah picked Harvick last year. Right. So. But any, any streak's got to come to an end. So I'm hoping that we can put an end to that. Hopefully that'll be the case. Kyle Busch, part of the championship floor, and maybe Zoo Miami will have it right this year. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about Kyle Busch in just a moment. But first, we want to dive into one of the lesser-known storylines from Miami. Tony Hirschman will be spotting for drivers racing for titles in all three series this weekend. He is Kyle Busch's longtime spotter. He's Christopher Bell's spotter and also Noah Gragson's, who's running for the truck championship. Here is just a sample of Tony's work atop the spotter stand. You're driving away from him. Keep coming, yellow, yellow, yellow. Did he get back on, Tony? Yep, he did. Heavy lappers here again. Slow 96. Every time we get to this son of a takes a different way. Figure it out. Talk to the 96 spotter. Temple, NASCAR told him. Larson by three, two, inside, very bottom. 
Mind it tight, mind it tight. Back inside. Stay in the gas here, stay in the gas. Gotta get around him, get around him, get around him. Keep coming, keep coming. Keep breathing way back. Get to the line. Wheel that thing, brother, wheel it! Checker flag, shot him. And Tony, nice enough to join us on the phone now. You know, you have a chance at three championships this weekend. You're a man of many talents, Tony. What is the biggest challenge that's associated with spotting for three different drivers in three different championship races? Well, I think the biggest challenge is that, you know, every driver is a little bit different. Some guys want a little more information, some want a little less. Uh, you got guys like Kyle that have been racing and been successful for so long. So uh, he takes a little bit different approach than, uh, say, Noah. You know, that's uh, this is his first chance running for a championship here on the truck side. So just, uh, you know, you're basically calling the race the same way as far as the, the clear and the insides and outsides and uh, that kind of stuff. But really the, the mental part on, you know, what those guys need help with. You know, Kyle needs help with a little bit different stuff than, say, a Noah, you know, where you're racing, uh, learning the aero racing and uh, the aero tricks and the restarts and all that kind of stuff. So, just trying to paint the whole picture and put the whole picture together for those guys and, and what they need to be successful. Tony, you mentioned that you're working with three different drivers and every driver wants something different. I personally work a lot with Earl Barber and I know when he's working with me, I kind of give him a reminder on the radio sometimes to do things a little different than he does with Jimmy Johnson per se. And I always say, you can't talk too much. Is that something that you kind of work with all three drivers through, these, through the year and kind of figure out what they want and then you have to sort of get those reminders of what they need and what they want when it comes to spotting? Yeah, it's just like anything else. The more you work with somebody, the more comfortable you get and, and what they're looking for. You know, this is seven years with Kyle, so I have a pretty good uh, understanding of what, what he's looking for and what he needs. You know, when I, when I first started out with him the first couple of months, you know, I'd call him about every week or every other week and say, hey, what do you need more? What do you need less? Uh, so, I mean, it's just the more you work, the more com the comfort zone you get and it gets built up. You know, I can trim my words down with Kyle and he understands what I'm saying with, with uh, Noah. You know, some I, I got to elaborate a little bit more on some of my phrases and what I'm trying to get across. And, and uh, you know, it's funny, like at Phoenix last week uh, during the Xfinity race there with Seabell, we got racing pretty hard for a while with, uh, with one of the other guys and I kind of had to yell at him a little bit. <laughs> uh, in, in, in victory lane he told me he's like thank you tony for yelling at me i really appreciate that i needed that and i said well, i'm going to try it tomorrow with kb and see how that works out for me so <laughs> it's, it's hard game and uh the, the more you work in the sport and the more people you work with i think it makes you a, a, a more rounded spotter and and i think ultimately it, it, it helps you do a better job for everyone that you work with okay hirschman a legendary name and modifieds you you watch you've had to have gone to as many modified races as I've gone to cup races in my lifetime, watching my dad race, you watching your dad race. Uh, but, but, but when your dad started, there was no such thing as spotters. Uh, this is a brand new position. Being around your dad, understanding racing the way you do, has that helped you be able to work with multiple drivers? Oh, 100%. Uh, I always say that. I guess I could say I'm, I'm successful by association. You know, when you're, you're born and and go to races from a kid on up, a couple months old, going to watch my dad race there. You know, I'm, I can't say how fortunate I am to be able to go and watch and, and learn how the racing game's supposed to be uh, for, for one of the greatest of all time to ever sit in a modified. There, there's no question about that. So you learn how the race is supposed to be and how you're supposed to race guys with respect and, and how the sport's supposed to play out. And on top of that, you know, just the hard work that goes into it. I see, you know, they, him and my brother, they're uh, – dealer for Troy race cars right now and they're in the race shop at home seven days a week uh, as many hours as it takes during the course of the day so it's not
lose him? Oh no. Oh. We wish him the best of luck this weekend. A chance for three championships. Quite an Could you believe to be it? Part yeah. Of. And from what I understand, he also um, coaches his daughter's basketball team in the offseason. So I wonder if he's able to put work to the wow. side or if he's yeah. out there, you know, managing everything spotting at the, the same team, time, through spotting the, it through everything. The plays. Yes, I need to take a lesson from him on how to multitask. <laughs> it seems like he has certainly got it dialed in. He could walk away with three titles this weekend. And when we come back, we're going to talk to somebody who might want to spoil that party, and that is Tyler Reddick. He is aiming for the Xfinity Series crown on Saturday. We're going to speak with him when we come back on NASCAR America. Tony, if you're listening, thanks for being with us. We'll be right back. NASCAR's championships will be decided this weekend in Miami. Saturday, it's the Xfinity Series at 3.30 Eastern on NBCSN right here. And then Sunday, it's the Monster Energy Cup Series at 3 Eastern on NBC. Tyler Reddick will look to bring Junior Motorsports another Xfinity title, and he spoke earlier with Nate Ryan. Tyler, going for the Xfinity Championship at Homestead Miami Speedway, this means a little more to you, I think, because this is by far your favorite track, I understand. It's just a lot of fun to race on. Um, it just kind of suits my background and what I came from dirt racing. You have to ch you have to chase not only the race car as it changes throughout the run, but you have to chase the line. Um, there's no cushion. There's there's no moisture on the racetrack, but definitely as a car changes, uh, you have to adapt as a driver and um, keep up with your car to try and make the best lap time possible. You were just joking about raising the Xfinity Trophy Saturday night if you win the championship and how heavy it would be. It seems like I saw you do a Twitter chat yesterday with the team. I mean, it seems like you're very loose and relaxed. Is, is there less pressure, do you feel like, on you than other guys? I don't know if there's if there's less pressure on me than others. Um, I, I'm, I'm not any of the other three drivers, but uh, I, I'm going to a track that, I like Like I said, I, I'm really happy at, have a lot of fun at, really comfortable with. Uh, when, I, when I come, when we tested here in August, uh, my crew chief kind of just let me do do my thing he he let me run the fence he let me hit it he let me tear the car up and you know we worked on it and we got around it and um it's just it's just kind of falls in my comfort zone like right. this is one one of my most favorite practices all year long because it's just an excuse to go out there and run wherever you want and however you want to do it and um hopefully we just have a good car tomorrow uh we tested and i felt like we we're okay uh in certain areas so we just just hope the race on saturday plays to our strengths so it's your first full season xfinity but it's gonna be your last season with junior motorsports is there a bittersweet feeling here that, uh, that you had one really great year here with this team but now you're moving on well i i feel like we had a lot of opportunity this year to, to really go out and seize multiple victories and um unfortunately in, in each of those races um you know, I, I would make a mistake or, or something would get in the way of, of that grand goal and, and winning and getting the car to victory lane. Um, we've had our moments, but unfortunately, it, the regular season was a lot of up and down um, and more down than up for, for most of it. So when the playoffs came around, we really looked back on, you know, those races where we were really clicking it off. Like, what, what, what did we mess up? Where did we go wrong? And we just worked on those areas and we had to eliminate the mistakes in the playoffs. We knew that any bad race, any bad pit stop, um, whatever it may be was going to cost you big. And I feel like for the most part, we got through the playoffs without making any major mistakes. All right. Well, we'll see if you don't make any mistakes Saturday and send off Junior Motorsports for the championship in his final run there. 
And you know what's interesting now that I spoke to Tyler Reddick this past week, and he told me that basically they had a simple plan going into Homestead, Miami. He's going to run next to the wall, and he's going to do it as much as possible, <laughs> and they should try and be as fast as they can. And that's what you heard Dale Jr. just say a little bit ago, and I think that's his plan. It's what he's done all season. He's an aggressive driver. He's a driver that just pushes things to the nth degree, and he also said that basically their plan in practice is they're going to go do one 30-lap run and another 30-lap run. And if they do those two 30-lap runs and quit, then you know they have a really good car. If they're still running after after doing those runs, then they're probably going to be still working on it a little bit more worried. But I think it's really interesting because, to me, this is the dark horse for the Xfinity Series championship and should be the one that's maybe very dangerous to, to Christopher Bell, to Cole Custer. And actually, he told me a funny story. After the test in August, he was flying with Christopher Bell to the next race, and Christopher turned to him and said, I hope you're not in Miami because you were really fast. Well, That's guess what? Now he has to race against him. You know what? Everybody was focused on Justin Algar from yeah. Junior Motorsports and now here Tyler Reddick finds himself he's in gonna the hunt be dangerous. for a title. I know All right, for sure. so Dark Horse going into the weekend. Um, championship aside, Sunday is going to mark the last go-around for several prominent members of the NASCAR family. It's the last race for Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss together after more than 600 races and Kyle Petty spoke with another legendary driver, crew chief pairing the King and Dale Inman about that in the latest installment of Coffee with Kyle. Y'all grew up together. You know as much about him as anybody on the face of the earth and vice versa. Very few combinations ever come along that have that type of success. You guys went apart and both had success. You won another championship, you won a couple of races and, and got to 200. Jimmy and Chad have been together since the very beginning. Do you see any similarities to what you guys have gone through? See, I think the, the deal we had was professional and personal. I don't know that they have both of those near as close as what we had. We grew up together. We played in the same sand pile when we was two years old. And racing just happened to bring us together when we got old enough. I, I don't see them being professional. They were probably as close or closer than what we were. Have you ever looked back on that and said, I regret we chose to go different ways? It was probably one of the best things that ever happened to both of us because once we got away from much each other, we realized how we depended on each other. Yeah. You've won eight championships. You've won 200 races as a driver. He said he'd won 400 without me. Yeah. <laughs> probably could have. <laughs> but, I can't prove him wrong. Go ahead. There's so many records that you guys share together that nobody's going to touch. And that rarefied air, where do you put five in a row? It, it, it's up there close from my standpoint. I, I say this, I don't think Jimmy's ever got the credit that he deserved as, as a driver win. for winning seven championships. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Chad's got a little bit more, no disrespect to Chad or nothing, yeah. he's got a little bit more credit. His personality didn't push it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I pushed mine, I think Earnhardt pushed his. Yeah. Jimmy just said, it's there and just let it be. Read the record and that's what I am. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's going with a new guy. Chad's going with a really young driver. Yeah. Do you think either one of them would win another championship? <laughs> I would think that uh, Chad had the best chance. Chad's going to stay around racing, I think, longer than Jimmy. So if he don't work out with this driver, Mr. Hendricks will get him another driver. Yeah. No disrespect to Jimmy. No, yeah, it's no, just, no, just it's saying. called up with Jimmy I'm and then called up with I'm Chad. I'm talking about time.
You can get more on NBC Sports YouTube channel of Coffee with Kyle. Great. We're both sitting here jealous. Can we be yeah. invited to the next one? You talk about two <laughs> legends music and, and Kyle Petty. That had a really cool vibe to it. But the subject matter, I love the honesty with which your dad and Dale kind of approach the relationship between Jimmy and Chad and how it's different from their relationship. I thought that that was really interesting. It is. It, it, it was really interesting to hear these guys talk about it. They grew up. They were born within a year of each other, grew up a half mile from each other, and spent their entire careers together until that one day that they went their separate ways. Jimmy and those guys have spent, what, 18 years together, something like that. But what they've done in their 18 years is phenomenal. And it's really interesting. I, I urge everybody to go to, to the NBC YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to put this up, I think, on Monday and listen to them because they have so much. My dad and Dale Emmon have so much respect for Jimmy and for Chad and that five in a row and seven championships and the amount of wins they've run, won. Uh, but they are, and I, I said it earlier to Parker, this is the Richard Petty and Dale Inman uh, of, of Parker's generation. A lot of people only know these two together, only know what they've done, and it, it is a phenomenal record that will stand for a long time. Their careers are going to continue, uh, but there are a number of drivers this weekend. It's, it's a secondary storyline because the championship kind of swallows up all the media, but there are a couple of drivers who are saying goodbye this weekend. Yeah, we have a couple out there. Obviously, Jimmy and Chad are splitting up, but then also Jay McMurray, you know, most likely this is the last time we'll see him in a full-time capacity. There's maybe a potential out there for one-off start the Daytona 500, but otherwise, it sounds like unless something crazy happens, this is the last we'll see of Jay McMurray in a full-time capacity. And then Matt Kenseth, you know, we, he kind of had that send-off at the end of last year, uh, got the opportunity to come back in the sixth car in a partial capacity this year. But I spoke to him last week at Phoenix, and he told me he really enjoyed his time off last winter, that even if they were running a little better, he doesn't think he would want to return back to racing. So I think this might be the last time we see the, the, the champ, the one-time champ there of Matt Kenseth racing. And then Elliot Sather. He's retiring. Yeah. So, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to fight for a championship here in the championship four in his last season. But as he announced back at Bristol, he is retiring. And so we'll send off to him as well. And we'll be remembered for his body of work in the Xfinity Series, Absolutely. no doubt, for years to come. One driver that's not going anywhere, particularly this weekend, is Kevin Harvick. No <laughs> doubt about that. After advancing last week in Phoenix to the championship without the services of his crew chief, can Kevin Harvick win a championship without Ronnie Childers this weekend? Marty Snyder talks to Harvick when we come back. In each iteration of this elimination format, the eventual champion has had to win at Miami, and three of you know what that feels like. With this championship four, do you guys feel like, again, it's going to be a necessity to win on Sunday? Uh, I, absolutely. I, mean, I think all of us come in here expecting that to be the case. You know, there's obviously an opportunity that, or a chance that that might not be, but I, I think that... Uh, you know, about a 99% chance one of these guys is going to win it to win the championship. So that's what you come down here prepared for as a group, as a team, as a driver. And uh, that's your goal coming here is to win, and then you can guarantee yourself a championship. All depends on if Kyle Larson's car will go in the first 10 <laughs> that's, laps. That's, I was, I was going to say the same point. I'm like, if Larson's out there by nine seconds, I mean, we're not going to go catch him. <laughs> Kyle Larson, definitely one of the non-playoff drivers to watch on Sunday. Short time ago, posted this on social media. Can't wait to rip the fence this weekend. Going to be fun. Hopefully, finally get that win that we deserve there. You know, Larson's led more than 50% of the laps at Miami over the last two years. Ultimately, it's the championship Ford that everybody's focused on. That includes Larson's own son, Owen. Owen, who's going to win the championship? Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, 
or Joey Logano? Harvick. You think Harvick's going to win? Yeah. Why is he going to win? Because he has extra speed. He has extra speed? <laughs> I think you're right. Where's the speed come from? The spoiler or just because yeah. he's fast? Because he's just fast. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> That's a very solid endorsement from a very savvy three-year-old, Kyle. Listen, it's, this is how we started the show. Kevin Harvick has speed. Even Owen knows Kevin Harvick has speed. Extra speed. That's the best part about it, just because he's fast. I know. Let's see if Kevin Harvick is just as confident. We sat down with him just a short time ago. Well, Carolyn, spending some time with this guy, I can say Kevin Harvick has been very loose over the last seven days. You really have been. Is that sort of the, the mentality of the four team? You and I talked about this last Sunday of always just kind of focusing forward no matter what the situation is. It's always forward focus. And, you know, I think as as you go through uh, the, the last five years, I think that's something that we've really concentrated on letting things go, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it's a, a penalty or a win or a loss or whatever the, whatever the case may be, you have to be able to look forward as to what you're getting ready to tackle the next week. So you can't get too high on the highs and you can't be too low on the lows because it has the, the opportunity to, to break things down and, and, and lose focus on what you need to be doing. Hearing all four of you guys talk today, I'm kind of surprised. There's really no mind games going on. Is that because this is sort of a, a veteran group who's been here and done that? Because we've seen it played almost every year. <laughs> well, you know, I think a, a lot of times it creates more distractions than you than you really want to have. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I always, um, you know, if you're gonna, going to be the headline, it better be for performance <laughs> at this particular point. And, and we've been fortunate to to be in that position this year, obviously. But um, you definitely don't want to you don't want to be the headline because of the fact that you'll have to live up to it for the rest of the weekend. Is that part of the mentality you were telling me about <clears throat> uh, last week, just controlling the message and not really Absolutely. talking too much? You know? Yeah, you know, I think last week was was a was a a little bit more of a, a dire situation just because of the fact that you know you you're really trying to protect your team you're trying to protect the, the things that happen and you know I, the less that is said the less that you can you can have held against you so you know for us it was really about it came down to performance again and, and yeah. we we did a great job as as a team uh with all the things that were all the noise uh, that was around us and, and everything that was happening, uh, qualifying on a pole, leading both practices on Saturday, mm -hmm. uh, leading every lap of the first stage except for the last two. And, <laughs> and you know, then the tire went flat. And that's that's in the category of things that you can't control. We've had that happen three times in the, mm -hmm. in the playoffs. So, you know, it was at that particular moment, it goes from absolutely destroy them to survive. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody did a good job. Rodney will be in Miami. He won't be on the box. How will that be different this week? Will it be good to be able to at least have that face-to-face -face communication after a practice so you can kind of have talks about how you think the car is? You know, I think as, as, as you go through so many years of, of being around people, I mean, there's, there's, not, there's not really um, much more than a face-to-face -face with you. FaceTime does work. I understand you know what that. I mean? From so, it even works from Phoenix it, to Canapolis. Yeah, it? <laughs> it does. You know, Canapolis to Phoenix, the FaceTime app, the app worked really well. So, you know, I think um, you know, being through last week and, and understanding what they have, I think that they're probably more dangerous when you lock them in the shop for two weeks. Uh -huh. You know, like like they have been and and, and really preparing the car and um, you know they 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 want to win bad and, and I you know obviously the, the circumstances aren't how how you'd lay them out on a piece of paper, 
but I think we really realized how well we could make it work last week. And, and like I say, leaving those guys at home for a couple of weeks and making them work on only one car, um, you know, could could be good for all of us. I heard you say Keelan already has a celebration planned if you win. <laughs> so what's what's my man dreamed up? Yeah. So I have a picture of he and I sitting sitting next to the wall from from 2014. And I asked him last night, I said, with the so, championship trophy. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just he and I. Oh, okay. Uh, we were, he wanted to climb to the top of the racetrack so he could throw rubber down the track. Okay. So we climbed <laughs> to the top of the racetrack and it's a, it's a cool picture of just me sitting against the wall and him laughing and sitting against the wall. And he said, so if you win the championship, um, I said, let's take a picture with Piper up there. We'll leave mom down there yeah. and we'll go up to the top. We'll take Piper and, and we'll take another picture. So you're both in. And he's like, so if we win this championship, he's like, are you saying that? We can do whatever we want after this race. I said, "Yeah, you can probably do whatever you want." He's like, "We're climbing the fence." I'm like, "I'll watch." That's awesome. Yeah. You're not gonna do it? I might. Yeah. You never know. Let them climb the fence. Have some once. fun. That's right. That's if they win the championship. But Kevin Harvick, as I said, Carolyn, very loose this week, heading into the race and practice tomorrow. <laughs> Anything goes with a win. And as we check in with our race team once again, as Steve Letart, Jeff Burton, and Dale Earnhardt Jr., Steve, Kevin Harvick's been calculated in what he has offered throughout the course of these playoffs. Do you expect anything less from the Steely veteran? No, not at all. I think the years that he wanted some noise for media day, he created the noise. He poked the opponents and he made a buzz. And what you heard right there is he didn't even shy away. Hey, no head games this year. And he said, nope. Sometimes you don't want any extra noise. This is one of those times. He admitted that in the position he's teams at, perhaps not the year to, to poke and make public jokes, accusations, yeah. whatever it may be. But I think when it comes to in this garage here, on this pit road, and on that racetrack, he's as focused as I've ever seen him. Yeah, I think that that's exactly it. Last week in Phoenix, he was three points in to the good before the race started, so that's no time to be talking smack about you to your fellow competitors or to the media. And I think he knew that it's time to do business. It's time to go to work. And he's had a workmanlike approach to this all week long. I was expecting him to be a little more, you know, maybe a little more controversial in some of his remarks this week, but he's not. Seems to be really focused just on winning this championship, doing whatever he needs to do. And I wonder if over those few, over the last few years, whether he's learned a new approach to winning, trying to win championships. Maybe the smack talk and the and prodding and poking your team, your opponents, uh, is just burning extra energy, un, you know, unnecessary energy. Yeah, I, I thought last week was really telling. You know, Kevin Harvick has a has a you know sort of a reputation of yelling on the radio and all those kind of things. But you know, he really doesn't do that. He gets upset when his, his pit crew doesn't do what they do or need to do, right? But last week, in a very very stressful situation, just complete calmness. Crew chief not there, uh, just complete. Okay, you know, got a tire down. We got to fix it. You know, it's, it's and I think that's where Kevin Harvick is. I think all drivers, you know. We, we evolve constantly into who we ultimately become at the, on the last day we ever drive a race car. And so Kevin's going through an evolution of a race car driver just like everybody is. And I think what, what's interesting about Kevin is I think he changes who he needs to be based on the situation. And, and last week, calmness was needed. And he has that maturity now to back it down and just say, okay, we, here's the mission. We went from, okay, we're going to destroy the field, as he said, to, okay, how do we deal with this? And I think that kind of maturity is will make Kevin even more dangerous. Well, I think that's the word for all of the championship four. Joey Logano being the youngest at 28. But something in Kyle Busch changed back in 2015 with children and his accident. We'd have yep. to ask him. Something has changed. Ten years ago, this suspension of Rodney Childers, it wasn't Rodney back then, but whatever his crew chief would have been, would have really perhaps derailed Kevin Harvick. We've seen races where he was fast and just not be able to kind of keep the composure to recover. What we see now out of Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., 
what makes them more dangerous is not just the fast race cars they're in, and they are very fast, but where are they weak? I mean, we talked about this all week. Well, let's work on pros and cons. Well, I'm struggling with the cons. There's a lot of pros for these teams. Kevin Harvick is going to be fast. The con at Phoenix was a flat tire that he couldn't control. So I don't know if it'll be down to mistakes or the best car, but in my mind, it's an absolute must win. Do you guys see it any other way? No, no, I think you have to win. I think you have to look at history and say, you know what? You've had to win every year. There's no reason it's going to be any different. I think that's exactly where we are. And, I, and that's what I love about this weekend. You have to bring it. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, and there was a conversation earlier this week. Someone asked me on the radio, remember, you know, who, who is going to be the big four five years from now? Something like big three five years from now. And I looked around and I, th- I put Joey Logano in there because right. he's so young, right? But who do you, out of these top four that are in it to not today, to your point, who would you vote off the island? I mean, who isn't capable of winning a championship? And I think that's what makes this weekend. There is no underdog. Maybe right. somebody wants to claim to be an underdog because yeah. that helps them somehow. Or not. But there is no underdog in this race, in my opinion. And there's no favorite, you know. Yeah. And, right. and this is a really even field of, of drivers, I think, in both series, both the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. One thing about Harvick, it, uh, you were talking about a minute ago, how he handles these t- these type of pressures and t- handles some adversity. They took that suspension. Basically, he lost his crew chief for the finale, yeah, the right. biggest race of the year. And he is they are turned it to a positive. Like, hey, all right, well, it's put him at the shop, and he's been able to focus on his race car. So I feel even better about my <laughs> homestead opportunity to win this championship because my crew chief has been working on this race car. I talked to Rodney Childers before the Phoenix race. He said, if we get through this, that homestead car, that homestead car is awesome. I mean, they have so much confidence going into this race with what they've been dealing with. Uh, Rodney was not at the race last week. I think that you felt that, set that team back. It was a little tense. It was a little, you know, things didn't go quite as smoothly as they'd hoped. Rodney will be on the property. I know he's not going to be on the pit box, but him being here will add a lot more confidence than they had last week to have Rodney around and seeing and and involved in what's going on. Um, It's going to be, uh, you know, I, I think that, if they don't have the mistakes that they have had on pit road in the past, the, the uncontrolled tires and so forth, that he will be up in the top two all night long. So real quick, I know we got to get back to Carol, but real, a second championship. What does that do to Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Trex Jr. When you go from a champion to a two-time champion, huge. That, that's a new level huge. of it's NASCAR. Huge. You dream of winning one. Yeah. You, know, you dream of winning one championship. To, to win two is is incredible it's just i mean it's such a it's it's so so much bigger than being a champion one time to be a champion one time you put your name on that list but when you can do it again you're in new territory you're in a new conversation with new drive with legends in the sport verification yeah yeah verification well carolyn the lights are on here and i know it's only thursday but i think these two would agree you can already feel it down here at Homestead, Miami. The media sessions are kind of over. It's time to get cars on track. I'm excited. Three championship races this weekend. We're going to watch them. It's going to be great. Yeah, no doubt about it. And some fascinating insight there from Junior about what Rodney Childers told him and how that car may roll off on the weekend. Could be a pretty fast one for Kevin Harvick. Meantime, Parker has made his way over to the NBCSN iRacing Simulator. Let's see how fast he is. Parker. Thanks, Carolyn. Yeah, we're over here. We're going to be coming to a restart. You may notice some other paint schemes in here. So I normally run the 18 NBCSN car. Well, Kyle Busch has won the championship four, so he's kicked me out of my number. We've got him, we've got Kevin Harvick, Joe Logano, obviously Martin Truex Jr., and then we also added in Denny Hamlin and Kurt Busch for good measure here. And we're actually coming to a restart, and imagine me being 
the Kyle Larson, the one they're fearing that they're going to have to race against for the win. So eventually we're going to get the green here. We got the green. It's easy to spin your tires at this racetrack just because it's such a worn out surface. And you a lot of times find yourself, sometimes guys will go way low down here trying to make room, trying to make another groove. But if you can beat them on the top, coming off the of turn two on the restart, you might take control of the race a little bit. And then it's up to those championship contenders to now have to race for the championship and against you. And Kyle, this is one of the things that these championship contenders constantly talk about, is having to race against that other driver that isn't a part of the championship while racing for a championship. Yeah, we saw it in the Xfinity Series last year uh, with Elliott Sadler struggling to get around somebody. And, and listen, we heard those guys. We heard the big... The, the four guys that are in the championship. Talk about Kyle Larson. If he gets out there and gets gone, you know, it, it's not going to take somebody winning the race. But there are the guys like Kyle Larson, other competitors who you're going to have to race. This is just not a four-man race. There's going to be 38 or 40 other cars down there that you're going to have to contend with. Oh, man, did you see what Kevin Harvick tried to do to me down one and two? He went way out my door right there, made it very illusory off two. But that's a great point because that's some of what this racetrack is, is tough and we heard that the booth guys talking about how a lot of times when you get into traffic this place can be tough because you can get up next to the wall if I could ever get by these guys I'd find myself up there one day here you can get up next to the wall but if everyone's run up next to the wall then it becomes a preferred line and you're having to search around you're having to find some extra speed or try to get air on the front end of your race car that's a really hard thing to do right now I'm pinned on the bottom this is a bad place to be you don't want to be here all right let me let me ask you a question you go to the top side, you run up on a slower car, you're trying to get around him. That's the only groove. How do you adjust to get around that guy knowing that somebody, that a that a, a Kyle Busch, a Kevin Harvick is coming fast in the, in the rear? So it's a really tough thing to do here. Right now we're actually behind Joey Logano, or fictional Joey Logano. As we enter the corner, a lot of times this will force you to maybe just look around a little bit for a little bit of air and that's the tough part is you gotta find a little bit of air and that's I mean that's the thing you're just searching for tiny amounts of air but a lot of times when you get all the way up next to the wall as you can here you're not gonna find that air and you might find yourself having to go below them and then you find yourself in a place that doesn't have much grip and it just becomes frustrating Carolyn that is the thing this place can become very frustrating if you can't get by the car in front of you and I have to give a big shout out to all the iRacers that helped us into this all season. We had almost a full field here tonight. They've done a great job all year. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, Parker. Pete Pistoni, by the way, is going to join us from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio next to tell us what you, the fans, are thinking heading into the weekend. But before we head to break, we do want to take a minute to continue to think of those who are dealing with those devastating wildfires in California. We want to remind you how you can help those affected. If you're so inclined, you can text CA Wildfires to 90999 and you'll donate $10 to American Red Cross California Wildfires Relief if you do that. NASCAR America back after this. After nine months of racing, it all comes down to this. NASCAR Championship Weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. We will have the Xfinity Series title race Saturday right here on NBCSN. We will see who takes the crown for the Monster Energy Cup Series Sunday over on NBC. It's going to be an incredible weekend. And with that, we welcome in Pete Pistoni of Sirius XM Radio, co-host of The Morning Drive on Channel 90. Pete, we know you've made your way down to Miami. And racing and storylines were the two big takeaways of the show this morning. What were the fans talking about? Well, Carolyn, you know, we all know the storylines. You guys have covered it here on NASCAR America. We've covered it on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. 
I think we can all make a case for each of those four drivers on Sunday to win the championship. But sometimes I think the fans were saying that we get tied up in storylines and we don't talk about the actual racing. And I think that's one thing here at Homestead Miami Speedway that's really good. The racing here is really good. Not just mile and a half good, just like anywhere we go good. So the fans were saying, listen, now we've got all these stories to watch and we know the racing is going to be good. That's why I think everybody is so excited about what we're going to see Sunday in the 40 Eco Blues 400. And Pete, off of that, I'm curious. Do you think some of that is the fact that we are going to a racetrack we haven't been at all year? This is the first time we see it, the only time we see it. Does that help raise the anticipation for the fans? Is that the impression you get? Absolutely, Parker. And actually, we brought that up this morning with Matt Beecher, who's the president of the track. This is their signature moment. They've got the championship. And we, we the last time I sat in the chair that I did the show in this morning was 12 months ago. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said. We're going to some tracks, having some uniqueness when we only visit one time a year. And again, this racetrack is not just one time a year. This racetrack is going to crown the champions. They've got a perfect scenario down here, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, Pete, we talk about, you, you talk about the racing, and you're exactly right. You know, everybody says more short tracks. How about more mile and a half that look something like this or are a little bit different or different shape racetracks? But, but I want to go back to something here. How about the lack this year as we look at these four? These four seem to be more focused on winning a championship on the racetrack instead of in the media. No doubt about it. You know, what we heard today, I thought they were all pretty laser focused. Kyle, if you could write about that. I mean, and this is the best of the best. I mean, I'm a sports fan. I, I like and follow other sports. You want to see the best teams all year long, right? So how is this not so good that you've got the big three who we talked about since the beginning of the year and special guest star Joey Logano, who's been really good, and they had their game faces on today. I think, Cal, you're 100% right. And I believe, and we've done this now a few years, this is the most talented field I think we've had in this race. So I think everything is coming together, guys, where I think Sunday is going to be something pretty special. And, Pete, so – who, out of these four, on the morning drive has been the most popular so far, you think, this leading up this week? Who's getting all the talk heading into this week? The guy that's getting all the talk, Parker, is Martin Truex Jr. Uh, we asked oh, Mark Blank. What, what do you think me. the best? Yeah, we asked, what do, you thought the, what do you thought the best story would be? And the listener said, Martin Truex Jr. going back-to-back, first time in, what, a decade, and the driver's done that, but the swan song for Furniture Row Racing. That seems to be resonating with the with the listeners and what they want to see and what they think is going to happen on Sunday afternoon. And Pete, if if they do want to focus more on the racing than the overall storylines, and certainly the Martin Truex Jr. narrative fits into that, what are they most curious about when it comes to the racing itself? Is it speed? Is it strategy? What are the fans wanting to know? They want to see two and three wide racing, and I know we can't get that every lap. But what Kyle was just saying, that seems to be sort of the calling card at, at Homestead Miami Speedway. You've got that opportunity if you're a driver. You, you know, what Parker just did with the iRacing, you can go up to the wall. There's grooves here. So I think if you've got these guys running for that championship, and I kind of feel like they're going to be near each other most all day, and being able to have different lines around the track, I think that's what the fans are hoping to see. And we've seen it before, so there's no reason to think we're not going to see it again with this talented group of drivers. All right, Pete, if I don't get a chance to tell you, we have so enjoyed having you on NASCAR America every week. We appreciate the time. We hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. So it's been a blast, guys. It's going to be a great weekend. Thanks. By the way, coming up at the top of the hour, just in case you're looking for it, brand new edition of the Dale Jr. Download. That is at 7 p.m. Eastern following NASCAR America right here on NBCSN. So just over five minutes away. Stay in your seats for that. But we'll be right back to wrap things up. Stay with us.
NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on NASCAR America. According to the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick co-favorites to win the championship on Sunday, followed by defending series champ Martin Truex Jr. and then the only driver without a title in the championship for Joey Logano. We've got more with all four of these title contenders during our coverage from Homestead Miami Speedway this weekend. That includes one-on-one -on -one interviews. We're going to bring you a ton of stuff this weekend. During one of those conversations with Kelly Stavis that we just had, Martin Truex Jr. said that he would not wreck any one except the 22 to win a championship. Kyle, we talked about this on NASCAR America, whether or not this was in his driver DNA. What is your reaction to what he told Kelly? Uh, two things. Number one, there's a time limit on comebacks. You can't come back on somebody three or four weeks after something's happened. Uh, he had an opportunity to say something then, and you know what he said? I would never do that. That's not in my DNA. That's not who I am. I have to look at myself in the mirror. So maybe this is his volley or his, this is his little, little way of getting something out there, but I, I don't believe it. I, I don't believe Martin Truex would intentionally wreck Joey Logano uh, no matter what he says. I think the time limit is up on that. Well, is it mind games then, Kyle? You know what? I, I think it's something. It's, it, you know, he just said it. Why he said it, you'd have to ask Martin Truex. I, I have no idea. But that totally contradicts what he said when he was trying to clarify it before. Yeah. After everything that went on, that's a total contradiction. So why does he say that three weeks after Martinsville, he comes back and says, oh, yeah, yeah, I would wreck him for the championship. <laughs> it is, but, you know, he should have said it then. But didn't he, say, didn't he say he would not win the championship? Well, no. I, yes and no. Yes and no. I'm going to give you – I think we misinterpreted what Truex was saying, too, uh, in, in some ways when you go back in that. That wasn't as harsh – I don't believe when we play that back, that's as harsh as what it was. Um, I, I think in, in looking at what he said, but yeah, you know, you can look at it that way and, and say that he did, but you know, he's down there and, and they're doing it. I just don't believe Martin Truex now. I'm sorry. That, I'm just not going to believe it. Well, hey, do you, know, you think that he can change? I mean, he made it clear to Bob Pockris that that is not something that he can do. That's not a way racist. I have to wonder. We were wondering where the metal games were. Maybe they just showed up finally. <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. been you waiting go. for them. We've been waiting for them. By I the think way, this might be some mental games. That interview is going to be played over the weekend here on NBCSN, potentially on NBC. So if you're interested in it, we'll bring it to you. That is all for NASCAR America for now. We hope you enjoyed the two-hour show. You can always log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. Enjoy championship weekend. Dale Jr. Download drop-in right now. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.